Hello everyone, uh, it's good to be with you. My name is Glenn, it's my wife Kim. It's uh, really good to, to work through uh, this church planting uh, training with you. Our session is on church administration. I'm sure that you've enjoyed all the other sessions that have uh, uh, gone before us. And if you're working through the little manual that has been provided uh, for church planting, we're, we're going to be working through some of the materials starting from about one, page 128. So you're welcome to follow along as we go through this material. Uh, Kim and I have been uh, on eldership here at Cornerstone Church since January uh, 2011. It's been a real privilege for us um, and many people have asked me how it is that you balance um, eldership, uh, ministry and admin. And uh, it's, it's been quite tricky because the, the challenge is it's not how I personally balance uh, admin and eldership, but how do these very different teams actually get to work together? And so we want to uh, work through that. Obviously, Kim and I find ourselves in a very unique space where we're on eldership and we run the admin. Um, and so we, we, we've been employed as a specialist um, kind of function. And how does that all, all, all work out for us? And so we hope that as we go through the material today, you'll find it helpful. We hope that uh, you'll be able to uh, glean something from our approach and, and something of the systems, uh, ideas that we, that we put together. And we really trust that uh, at the end of this, uh, that, that it, you will be able to use some of this in your, your context. Um, uh, as, as these different teams, the eldership team and the admin team start to work together, uh, I don't know if your lead guy is, uh, is like this, but many lead elders find themselves in the space where I'm the visionary and I really don't want to be bothered with uh, the detail, the administration. If, if I get bogged down with too much detail, I can't think. It just stifles my, 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 my vision or my, my, my planning. And um, that certainly isn't the heart of administration. Uh, the, if we settle it right up front, admin does not lead the church. Admin is there to help. And, uh, you know, we're, we're all on team. Uh, so for Kim and I, uh, we're on Marcus and Adele's team. So Marcus and Adele, they're our lead elders. So they lead the admin, uh, they, <laughs> they lead the eldership team. And um, we're part of that eldership team. Um, they provide vision to the eldership and they provide vision to our church. So we are part of that team. Um, everything that the eldership do, uh, we, we, we do uh, as, as a team that co-craft ideas together. And so it's important to remember that uh, just because I'm the specialist admin guy, uh, that I have, let's say we're talking about apostolic work and all the rest of it. There's no space for them to say, okay, Glenn, you keep quiet because you're the admin guy. Or we're talking about the prophetic or evangelism, uh, so therefore, Glenn and Kim, you keep quiet. Uh, you, you don't really have much to say here because you're the admin guy. That's not it. Uh, we're called as a team together. We're called uh, to keep our focus on what Jesus has for us as a local church. That's locally and apostolically. And so each of us, uh, we co-craft as an eldership team. We co-craft this thing together. And so it's, it's really important that it's not just a clerical function uh, that the admin team fulfills. Um, it, it, it's a, a co-crafting of what we need to do together. And so as this team works together, I remember some of you will know Kia Taylor. He had this um, picture once of, of pioneering a new territory. And people arrive in this four by four and we've got all the gifts, uh, the Ephesian four gifts. We've got them all inside the car. Uh, and I realized as he was talking that if the evangelist uh, doesn't take 
the pastor seriously or doesn't take the teacher seriously uh, or, the, or, the, or the teacher doesn't take the evangelist seriously and uh, then, then there's no cohesion between the team and so you're breaking into new territory but the, 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 the team is disjointed we don't value each other's input the pioneers will break open ground but once that ground's broken open uh, there certainly is a team that's required to come behind them and, and keep the work going so we value each other on the team this co-crafting on team is, is certainly very important the heart of being on a team is certainly that one of a son or, or a daughter many of you heard this analogy a son or a daughter in, is, is, is family they, they hold the DNA and that DNA is what helps us to multiply what we're doing uh, throughout the, the life of the church uh, I'm going to read a, a verse to you uh, please feel free to, to come along or read with me I'm going to read to you John chapter 8 verse 35 I'm reading from the, the NLT version it says a slave is not a permanent member of the family but a son is part of the family forever a son is part of the family forever they we carry the dna uh, you've heard the phrase son in the house uh, and so if we're working against this eight to four mindset because i'm the admin team uh, no no everybody on team everybody that's church paid for that matter of fact uh, need to have that heart of what we're called to it might be easy for the elders to know we have a call in our lives but my encouragement to everyone on, on our uh, under the employment of our church is that we have a call as a church we're all part of that call as a church the heart of what we do is very very important and so if we're working the this is my job and that's not my job actually that will turn out to be unhelpful and we don't want to be working like that I have an example for you. Uh, I hope it works. Um, it's an American uh, sporting example of, of two different types of, of sports. So one's a basketball, another one's the gridiron, American football. So the basketball teams uh, are, are a much smaller team. And here's some stats for you. Um, the, the basketball team will have five on the court during the match, and there are 11 that are part of the team. Now, when you've got five on the court, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the teams are, or the guys on the court are, are, are working quite in a general general uh, role uh, yes they might be good at certain things but they, they, they have a very general space where everyone knows how to do everything sort of thing and maybe if you're church planting and your church is small that's the kind of space that you find yourself in uh, in, in the gridiron example uh, the stats are that we have 11 on the field and there could be up to 46 people on the team on match day now, can you imagine that size of a team uh, it, it, it's very possible that those guys with very specific uh, specialist functions they have them uh, they don't get to see the whole team and in fact the relationships between the whole team might be strained because one guy on the one end of the team doesn't uh, really understand or, or, or spend time with guys on the other side of the team relationships within team is the message I want to bring relationships within team are key even if your team is small or large you have to keep on working at relationships um, relationships what was it <laughs> the, the phrase that I'm, I'm trying to remember is the kingdom of God is the kingdom of right relationships the kingdom of God is the kingdom of right relationships so no matter how big or small we are we need to keep working on those relationships together if our relationships take strain then the, the uh, offenses the, 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 the space of picking up offenses is huge and we don't want to be landing up fighting the wrong fight we want to fight this fight together we want to keep the main one the main thing let's keep Jesus center stage and let's keep what he's called us to do in our focus let's, let's do that which he's called us to do 
Um, very often churches have a flat structure. Um, uh, and admin isn't there to change that structure to become some hierarchical space. That's not, not the idea of administration. Administration really is part of the team and admin allows vision to flow. Uh, admin empowers vision um, and it does exactly what we're called to do. It, it supports what the church is called to do. So that's really what we want to do. Um, <laughs> in, in the Bible, um, there's, uh, you know, when you do your whole Bible reading plan and you land up hitting 1 Corinthians, you start reading 1 Corinthians, you make your way through. And then the administrators hit chapter 12. And we all get excited because right there in the Bible is our right to live, our right to exist. It mentions, in the spiritual gifts, it mentions administration. So I'm going to read some of those verses for you. I'm going to read it together and try to put it into context and try to take some things out of that. So we're going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 right now. It says this, Now... Concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. So right at the beginning of this chapter, it's talking about everyone. Don't be uninformed about spiritual gifts, all of them. In verse 4 to 7, it says there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are a variety of services, of service, but the same Lord. There are a variety of activities, but the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Two thoughts. It is God who empowers everyone, and it is for the common good. We are all part of the same team. I don't ever want to forget that I'm part of a team. I don't lead this team. I have a role to play in this team. And I want to make sure that my part in the team is done well. And so then we step to chapter um, uh, verse 28, and it says, Now... You are, you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Now that word administrating, when I was saying to you, we all get to celebrate because administration is in the, in the Bible, is, is apparently a, uh, from a nautical phrase. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the original text. Uh, but it's, it's more to the liking of a captain, uh, uh, um, a director, uh, to lead, to govern. Uh, it's someone who gets something, it kind of leads everybody into it. And, and we all know that an eldership, uh, uh, those, those three Ds, discipline, direction, and doctrine, is that direction that admin provides is key for where we as a church want to go and want to do things. And so uh, even though we have specialists that are more comfortable with the detail of admin, uh, that administration is part of everyone on the team, actually. Um, even though that everybody has a specific gift and we all express it in different ways, um, we want to all focus on the fact that uh, this is not my space and so I don't step into the apostolic. Would it, it really would be silly to think, well, Glenn, you don't ever have to think of getting involved in apostolic trips or even think about the apostolic. All you need to do is the clerical work that gets chucked your way. That wouldn't, that wouldn't excite me at all. What excites us is that we're part of a team and that God has called me to, to think and do uh, uh, the apostolic work, to be sent out, to be part of the bigger picture of who we are, to be involved in the prophetic, to ignite people, to teach into people's lives. And yes, all we have different giftings, but that doesn't stop anybody, including elders who are visionary elders, being part of administration. We're never going to get away from admin. It's a bit like dishes at home. You know, dishes and washing, they never go away. So it's dishes, dishes, dishes. Well, it's admin, admin, admin. And we want to make sure that uh, we have a view of 
what admin that needs doing and who's doing what. So you're never going to be able to let go completely, but there will be people on your team that you get exposed to that will be able to do it better or, or more efficient than, than you will. So let's empower them. The word administration in Acts chapter 6, uh, uh, or the admin of, of the church got handed to deacons. But I'm convinced from what we read there is that it's not only for deacons. And so if it's a directing role, if, if elders are, are, are providing vision and direction to, to the church and leaders in the church, well then certainly, as we understand that definition of admin, there's that leadership of taking people through. And so there is definitely place for, for uh, administration to, to be on an eldership or very much part of what the elders do. Um, uh, the, the other thing about an eldership team or church structure is that it, it's not an organization, uh, but it is organic. And so I think that's the thing we fight is, uh, is this organic going to stifle? Is this organization going to stifle? Where is where's the, the, the balance? Are we going to be totally chaotic and everything just happens? Or, or how does it get put together? You know, if you have a quick look at creation, uh, you know, God is not a God of chaos. We see that. He's very uh, organized, but God doesn't lead an organization, okay? Uh, and so it's, it's that space where God is very organic. Everything happens for a reason. Uh, God has put this thing together. So can we follow his spirit? Can we be organic? Can admin be flexible? We really want to make sure that all, everybody on the team is flexible to what God is calling us to do. What is the spirit saying to us right now? And your, your admin teams and structures need to be able to support that. Um, we don't want to settle for chaos. And so simple things like everybody needs to arrive for a meeting. Um, you need to promote that. You don't just arrive when you feel like arriving. We want to be able to work together as a team. Um, as far as finances go, do we just spend like we want to spend? Well, you'll quickly find out that you run out of money soon. But if you are have lots of money and you just spend under the guise that, hey, we're faithing it and uh, we'll see, you know, I'm sure God will sort things out. Actually, that's not, not going to work. It's not going to be helpful to you. Yes, we are called to walk a, a, a road of uh, faith and, and, and step out in faith. And if you're doing that by all means, that's not, please don't see what I'm not saying. I'm saying that we don't want to be uh, disrespectful to where God has called us to uh, administrate our finances properly. We do want to uh, walk in faith. But there are, there's lots of paperwork. There's lots of... Uh, um, Bits and pieces, they do need to be taken care of as far as managing the finances go. Paper trails, filing, electronic uh, systems. We don't want those things lying around in the mess. We want those things to be able to support that which the church is called to do. And as far as the law goes, wherever you find yourself, and Kim will touch on it a little later, is that there's always going to be some sort of legal requirement. And we want to make sure that those things are kept in place. God is a God of order. Uh, he does not want confusion. We all want to be able to work towards something specific that he's called us to, to in this season. Um, and so it's, he's not running an organization. What Kim's going to do now is going to take us through some of the benefits of good administration. Thanks, Kim. Hello, everyone. Um, so for the organic freeing life of God to be in your church, you actually need administration to be good. Uh, there's so many benefits to doing this right. A friend of mine, she had, she's got three daughters, and at her kitchen tea, uh, an older lady advised her she needs to be organized. And that's with every, every family. Um, otherwise, you don't go anywhere. You don't plan anything. You don't do anything. There are details involved, especially with small children. You need things to pack. Those are all, need, those are all administrative um, bits and pieces. 
And it's the same with the church. So good administration gets the vision done. If you're a visionary and you're vague about who needs to get what done and where they're going to do it, then the, the vision just stays a good intention. Good administration brings clarity. Everyone knows what they're supposed to do and how they will, how they will do it. When there's clarity, you don't run into the situation where some are working harder than others and then they burn out because of um, too much responsibility. Good administration helps with ex expectations. And we, the difference between expectation and what actually happens is happiness. And so we definitely don't want that to be too much into the negative. And when we do that, um, everyone's relationships flourish because, because expectations are met. So good administration brings clarity to that. Good administration is good for finance and paperwork. It helps you sleep at night because you're not worried about what the authorities are going to be doing when they come and check up on you, all that kind of thing. Or when you need something from them, they want to make sure you've got everything in order and you want to be that person that has everything in order. Good administration benefits the apostolic because um, when your finances are in order, you begin to prioritize or plan how you're going to add to that, how you're going to spend in the apostolic without um, jeopardizing some other thing. Good administration helps everyone plan their own time. It's, you don't want a vague calendar full of um, events you can't remember that you committed to or that somebody else committed to you on your behalf. Double booked appointments, strained relationships. And, this, and that is what the, the church is about, is keeping up those good relationships. And it comes down to good administration at times. You want to sort out bottlenecks and you want to do that quickly. And good administration helps with that. So it's like a field full of stones that you want to clear. You usually start with the big stones. And then the next level of stones, the next size stones, they look the biggest. And soon you're getting down, the smallest ones look like the biggest ones, and you, you threw the whole field. So when you're not sure why certain things aren't working out, good administration helps you quickly identify what it is so you can fix it up and move on, move through that thing and sort it out until you find the next bottle, bottleneck and sort through that. Um, good administration also helps you do the apostolic because you... It frees up your time to get out there rather than be staying at home having to deal with um, th emergencies that cropped up here. And so if you had just planned before, those things could have, those fires could have not started and you could have carried on with the apostolic. So that's what you're trying to do with good administration uh, to free up time. And then good administration gives the church a great testimony of faithfulness. If you're faithful with a little, you will be faithful with much. And I've seen the, the point of that is if you can do something small very well, you just have to repeat that and then you're doing something big very well. Yeah. Great. Thanks, Kim. So I have a couple of tips for the, the lead guy. Um, what's going to be helpful? Uh, the, the one big tip is that you do not need to be bogged down with details. The truth is, as we've spoken and said, that you're not going to get away from getting involved with some of the details, but you should not. And so you need to be looking to raise up leaders. You need to be looking to say, well, what, what's causing the, 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 the weightiness? What's causing the grief? How do we address the details properly? And so if you're going to be giving direction in this, let's make sure that you are giving your admin team direction. 
if, if they're not getting direction from you, then they're making it up themselves, um, and that's not going to be helpful to you. Uh, if you have the ability to, to look around the room, let's trust that God will show you who you can turn to. How do you recognize the right skill, the right people? And you can raise them up and you can release them into that space. They can free you up from uh, those details that are, are, are distracting or, or taking too much time out of your day. Uh, then stay close to that person so that they can ha have the space where they know they're working very closely to you and then that will set you up for success. You'll be able to spend most of your time on what God has called you to do and the rest of it is like you're being supported, the, 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 the base is good, uh, your admin is taken care of. When you are working with an admin team, uh, Mr. Lead Elder, let's make sure that when you appoint someone, you're giving them authority for starters, and then you're deciding what the boundaries are for them. Uh, working with different types of strengths of leaders, different capacities of, of people, some people will have a, a huge vision for what they think needs to get done, but if you don't decide what the boundaries are, uh, then you can't be too upset if they start working outside the boundaries. If you, if you tell them what the boundaries are, you're going to get the job done. Uh, we don't want to stifle any creativity, but we're saying this is what you need doing. Help them understand that this is what you want them to do, and then that's where you, that is, you know, what you want them to work within. Um, if you do get frustrated, let me encourage you, talk openly about it. Do not be intimidated by admin or the people running admin, please. You're in charge. <laughs> the elders lead the church. Uh, you do need to be talking through relationships are key. And if we're thinking of the big picture, we want to work through a, a lot more um, projects together. We do want to, to, to do more of what God has called us to. So if something's not working, you need to talk about it. You need to be able to uh, call it to order, call a team, uh, a, a team meeting uh, and chat through those things which you feel are not working. Maybe there's a perspective that you haven't seen or, or there's been a roadblock that just caused some problems for the team. Uh, but work through those, those frustrations as early as you possibly can. Um, in, in terms of working with the team, help them see the big picture all the time. Us detailed guys, sometimes it's a bit like a lemming, you get to just move the box around the whole time and you're happy to move the box around the whole time. But if I can keep the team focused on the bigger picture, uh, that inspires them to the more. So remind your team often about that bigger picture. Um, especially when it comes to finances, make sure that you rule the finances. Don't let the finances rule you. Uh, make sure that you have a tight hold on what the finances are, are, are doing. Make sure that the checks and balances are in place with the people that are managing the finances. Uh, it, and that you know, can turn really ugly if it goes sad. Uh, but you do want to, to, to make sure that you're in touch with them. You don't have to manage the finances, you just need to stay in touch with the finances. And then trust and have faith that the Lord will provide you with wisdom as you lead the team. Okay, so there's some, uh, a small little snippet of, of tips. What we're going to do now is we're going to discuss some systems. Uh, Kim and I, Kim will, will lead the, the, the little list um, and we'll just interject from time to time. Thanks, Kim. Okay, so my favorite verse um, for this to inspire me to admin is this. It's in Proverbs 24, 30-34 and it's from the message. One day, I walked by the field of an old lazy bones and then I passed the field, the vineyard of a lout. They were overgrown with weeds, thick with thistles, all the fences broken down. I took a long look and pondered what I saw. The fields preached me a sermon and I listened. A nap here, a nap there, a day off here, a day off there. Sit back, take it easy. Do you know what comes next? Just this. You can look forward to a dirt poor life with poverty as your permanent house guest. And that's, I mean, that's 
good at, good motivation for administration because if you leave it here and you leave it there, that's when things get out of hand. That's when the the fences break down and the weeds become a big job. They're not just little weeds; they're huge weeds that require more work. Mm. So keeping up with it is just key. Um, you must have a system, even in your own life. It's good to have a system. Otherwise, your brain is trying to remember everything that needs to be done. So it's like holding some marbles. You can only hold so many marbles in your hand. Otherwise, one is falling off and you're losing your marbles, literally. So um, it just reminds me of a hen with nine chicks. She can only count to three. So she does three, three, and three. So, uh, but that's it. Nine is the, that is the, that's the limit. Um, you don't want that. Just you need to find a system where you're writing down those things at least. And when they're written down, your brain actually can let go of it. So personal system, church system, once it's in the system, it's safe. That's how I, that's how I picture it. Even my children know. If they, want, they want glue, they ask me while I'm watching TV. I'm like, just write it down, arbitrary piece of paper, leave it on the shelf, I'll find it. It's in the system. It's safe. So um, I'm not going to go through specific software products that we use because it's different across different countries. Yeah. They have different laws, communication. WhatsApp's big in South Africa, not so big in America, not allowed in China. So it's not really about which system you use, even for all of these different things. There's a myriad of resources on the internet, but the key here is ownership. It's the kind of system you want to own. It's the kind of system you use, bottom line. It's the the system that your team like to use, it's a tool. It's not going to do the job. You actually have to use the tool to do the job. So um, even if it's rudimentary, even if it's paper um, at first, even if you've got a really old lady and she doesn't know how to use a computer, but this is your best resource, that can still be a great system because she is owning it. Um, yeah, so... That's my thing on you must have a system, personally and um, with the team, and it must be used. So with finance and spending, I've come to this understanding which has been very helpful. There's two sides to finance. The one, one side is spending, and the other side is bookkeeping. And they only briefly meet for a moment when you actually make the payments. So um, spending is more like a passionate lover. When they're there, you're just dreaming about what you're going to do together and how you're going to spend this money. And when they're not there, you're worried that they're not going to come back. And when will they come back? And it keeps you sleepless. It keeps you up at nights either way. So spending is a passionate thing, whereas accounting is more like a high school mistress, you know? It's a long nose, very tall, gray outfit. And she's got your eye on you, you know? Uh, but she makes the rules, and at some point, you're going to have to deal with her. Um, and yeah, not, not exactly passionate feelings around that part of things. Um, like what I say is I've done impulsive spending before, but I've never done impulsive bookkeeping. So very different emotional spaces. And if you understand that, yeah. um, it just brings some clarity because sometimes with the spending, you're trying to add a, 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 a strictly administrative feel, but a feel to it because of the accounting. But it's not like that. It's actually an art. Cash flow um, is not a science. It is an art. And accountants actually spend a lot of their time just trying to figure out what's coming in, what do you have, what's going out, what actually can be done right now. With taking the future into account and the past, it's, 
It's really a, a, an art. Uh, whereas bookkeeping, there's no lefts or rights. There's one way to do it, and you do it. And you must do it every day so that it's up to date, like the good Lord made the earth to be up to date every day when the sun rises. So that's, that's the ultimate you, you're waiting for, uh, you're heading or aiming for with bookkeeping. You want to be up to date as much as possible. All right, and then wherever you live, there is a tax man. And you need to make sure that you know what he wants from you. Some countries love NGOs, they understand the benefits, they rely on PBOs, um, which is public benefit organizations or uh, non-profit associations. They, they embrace you and they say to you, you know what, you can get all you want, or you, you can get your donations and you don't have to pay any tax. But you need to make sure on an annual basis that that is still the agreement, that nothing has changed since last year and that we're all good. You might want to, to still say, this is how it was purely donations and you need to declare that. So just make sure you um, are up to date with that, you keep in touch with that because uh, that thing, especially in South Africa, that monster has a lot of hairy cues and many hours for you to do prepping in a government building. Um, so don't, don't let that thing slip. Um, staff. If you get to the stage where you're employing staff, no matter what the labor laws are, they're quite strict in South Africa, but you need to have some sort of formal agreement. While you're still friends, something that you can refer to if, and hopefully not when, things go a bit awry. You need to have that safety net just as a formal agreement as to what is expectations. Again, we want to manage expectations and that is a good starting place is with some sort of agreement, a written agreement. Then there's a lot of volunteers. We don't like to call them volunteers. They're ministers of the Lord, actually. But let's just call them volunteers because they aren't being paid, just to differentiate them from the staff. And for them, they're going to be rosters and more rosters and little rosters and overlapping rosters. And maybe it's all in the same system. Maybe you get it right and it's all in the same system. But more than administration, it is a, it's an issue of discipling. It's where the rubber hits the road. It's where integrity comes into play. It's where teamwork comes into play. Um, stewardship, you want to use that time of uh, volunteering, whatever it is, whatever administrative task they're busy doing, to, to hone those things, to use them to disciple and um, bring those different aspects of stewardship into play. If you get to the place where you're looking after buildings, you definitely want to make sure there's insurance. Insurance is a, it's a big thing in South Africa. You want to make sure everything's insured because when something breaks and it's not insured, it really it affects that spending, you know what I mean? So, in a bad way. <laughs> uh, you also want to look after the IT, try and get that right first off. <clears throat> My take on like having something done professionally versus by volunteers is if you don't have the volunteer, if you don't have the right skills within your church, then I would pay for it. I would try and get away from that until you have the gift in your church, um, but try and get it right. So that's, you don't want to always have professionals. You don't always want to have uh, like professional guitarists and things like that. I think for me personally, my opinion is, you definitely want people in your church who are bought into the vision rather than professionals, but professionals can help you cover a, a, a critical gap. 
yeah. in your in your growth. Yeah, we're a family. We need to be working this together. Cool. Then communication is a big thing. Um, you get maybe you get to the stage where you have a start with a small media team, and that thing needs to grow. Maybe you need to put a sign outside your building, just handwritten, says "Graphic designer needed." You know, <laughs> then they they will understand. <laughs> but um, you need to have um, something in place because that has just become a real part of a lot of communication within churches, within the world. Um, and so you want to start that right and then grow that from there. there and then there's all kinds of um, communication methods, email, social media. Um, and you want to... Uh, there's different systems for that. So you just need to research what's good for you. There's a lot of free systems. Maybe they'll just put on their tag and that's how they get their um, recompense you know, for their advertising via your emails. Um, but you also need to just be aware that you know how people are communicating. So we had a site um, and we were sending them emails. But on the actual software product, you can mostly see who is opening their email yeah. so as, as being read and none of them were opening it so it was a site full of students and we had to use um, short message servicing uh, text messages so, yeah. yeah text messages um, and because that's what they were responding to that was a bit earlier in the, the, the time and space of text messaging and that was a key role for us email age-old reliable thing was not working here and so you do need to change you do need to be communicating as other people will hear it, it yes. yes so you need to communicate like they want not necessarily how you want mm. then you're going to get to events and catering um, and there are a lot of registration and ticketing systems now on on the internet and they're very useful and they're very helpful um, and a lot of them actually issue free tickets. So if you are looking at volumes of people um, and you're looking to manage it this way, there are many systems that can help you. And it will be local to uh, where you are physically at. Yeah, that 11th commandment. Eh? Yeah, but the... So 11th commandment for me is... <laughs> my 11th commandment is thou shalt RSVP. But uh, clearly that hasn't made it to the Bible because not many people listen to it. So that's what makes things tough. And sometimes you just, it's going to, that ticketing system's not foolproof. And you're just going to have to, as you grow, you're going to get a feeling of the numbers. And you just need to be comfortable with your estimates. You're going to have to suck it out of your thumb. And, and that's, sometimes you miss it. Uh, and it just doesn't um, need to give you heart failure. The Lord will provide. And people can see how much food there is and do the math. And they do. And uh, there will be enough. All right, uh, we have a task management system that we use in the medium team called Trello, but you need to look, there's many systems now and some have thing, some options locked and uh, this is open. So you really have to see what you want to do. It might be a hybrid of things, um, but use it. Then the calendar. This is one system. So just like what I was saying about hybrid is sometimes for me, I use pen and paper for my grocery list, but I'm a real, I love digital everything, but groceries didn't work on digital. It takes too long. I can write something way quicker than I can type something on my phone. Uh, and so it becomes a hybrid. Hybrid systems are fine as long as you're using them. But with a the calendar, 
you definitely want electronic for that. Uh, maybe you've got a sneaky side paper business going on, that's fine, but for everyone to actually log in and look, you need online calendar because otherwise, as soon as you print it, it's out of date. That's what we found. You print it today, tomorrow, something's wrong. Something's changed. Yeah. yeah. Then you want a, a data, uh, something that can keep your members' names and details in. Because the best way to shepherd people, the first thing to start with, when I think, okay, let's shepherd these people, is make a list. Write their names down. And that's what, what, that's what a, a shepherding or a, a names database is. Yeah, it's a list of people. Especially when the group gets bigger. Yes. Yeah, and especially when the group gets bigger, you don't want it in somebody's handbag. Uh, so it needs to be accessible so you can use it. Yeah, and that's it for me from yeah, thank you, Kim. As you can see, there are many systems that we need to take care of, but uh, we've come to the end of our session with you. We really trust that it's been helpful. I know that it's a world of detail, but uh, we trust, we pray, that God will lead you, that God will guide you, He'll give you the wisdom, He'll set you up with the, the right people, give you the skill that you need. And uh, that you're able to do that which God has called you to do. That you're able to keep your focus on that which God has called you. And uh, I trust that you'll be able to empower, that you'll be able to recognize the leaders. And that uh, you guys will be just flying uh, as a church, impacting the community that God has called you to. So God bless. All the best. God bless.